Today, if you, uh, if you haven't been with us, we are finishing up our focus on global. Global. This, is, this has kind of been a, a three-week thing for us, uh, and it's been part of our kingdom builders. And later, we are going to talk a little bit more about that. And, and, but we have these three areas that we call kingdom builders. It's basically like our missions giving. And we have global... And then we have local and future. And actually later in the year, we are going to spend some time looking at both local and future as well uh, and how that pertains to us. Uh, If you don't know what Kingdom Builders is, as you're leaving today, there's a little booklet out there. Essentially what Kingdom Builders is, is how we support projects around the world to move the gospel forward. As a church, we support about 40 missionaries, uh, just kind of like missionaries that we have come in, and we support them monthly so they can live overseas and do what God's calling them to do. We also have projects uh, that we want to do, and so we have, I think it's like 30-some projects. I might have those numbers flipped. It might be 30 missionaries and 40 projects, but there's a booklet out there of all these different things that we believe we can make a difference around the world. We really do. With what God has given us here, we can make a difference around the world. All right, so that's what we've kind of been talking about. The last two weeks, we've had guests that have just shared uh, from their heart and from their experiences, and it's been great to hear from them. Uh, it's always great to hear from people outside of our church, right? Like, it's easy for inside of a church for us to talk about the same things over and over, but to bring that different perspective is so important, and it's been great, at least for me, uh, to hear that. Hopefully you feel the same. Uh, and, and this week we're finishing this, and I just was kind of like, God, what does it look like to finish this? We heard from, from two amazing missionaries. What does it look like for our church? And, and I just spent some time in prayer of like, what, what are we missing still? What do we need to talk about? What do we need to hear about? And as I, as I prayed that, I just felt like God was saying like, we just need to have this focus of like, our life. Not just a, okay, we're taking three weeks to talk about global impact. Or every third week of the month, we have a missionary in, and that's when we think about it. Like, I felt like God was just saying, like, this needs to be something that is just kind of part of our DNA of who we are. Um, And I'm not saying as a church. It is part of who we are as a church. But as individual Christians, like, are we thinking about this? Are we thinking about the impact that we can have? For the kingdom of God, here locally, but also around the entire world. All right? So that's what I want to do for us this morning, is how do we kind of get there? So let's be ready. Uh, Let's just be expecting God to speak to us, to challenge us. Um, Let's be ready to change and respond to him, because I think it's great that we're all here, uh, but that really is just the first step. Right? Like, getting here is great, but if we don't hear from God, if we don't listen and allow God to speak to us, and if we don't walk out of here being changed, then this didn't mean anything, right? So let's just make sure we're ready for that, that we have that spot. I want to just open up the sermon with prayer. Uh, So if you would, could you just stand uh, to your feet with me as we open in prayer and get ready to hear from God? Lord, we pray this morning that we would be challenged in new ways, God, this might be the third week that we're focusing on our global impact, but that this wouldn't be redundant. It wouldn't just be the same thing, Lord, that that you would speak to us this morning. God, we give you permission right now to completely challenge us in the areas that we might be stubborn and we might be hanging on to. God, and that we would be different because of the time that we have spent in your presence focusing on you, listening for your voice. God, we ask that in your name. Amen. All right, you can have a seat.
So over the, over the last few weeks, we've heard from guests uh, specifically about China, just different things that are going on in China, and that's kind of been our focus. And what these speakers were doing for us is, is kind of bringing an awareness outside of our circle. Like maybe you know this, but every single one of us, we have this little bubble that we live in. All right, like each one of us does. All right, and uh, inside of that bubble, we get to kind of choose what is there and what impacts us. I think at times, now that we have phones and we have access to all sorts of information, uh, we feel like we have a bigger view of the world. Because right now, I can pull up my phone and there's no end of seeing what's going on in Ukraine. Whereas years ago, that wasn't an option. You would just kind of hear about what's going on. But the reality is we still can choose to filter what actually comes into our bubble, how it comes into our bubble, how we let that impact us and change us and challenge us. We still have that filter. All right, even though uh, we feel like our bubble has maybe gotten bigger. All right, here's an example. I've always been aware of human trafficking and the problem that it is. And I had talked about it, I had researched it, I had watched documentaries, all sorts of different things. I had preached sermons on it. And it wasn't until this trip to Vegas last month where I was actually there and seeing this and hands-on what human trafficking is doing and the faces of the victims that are part of this. Like that, that hit me differently. It was not the same of just this idea of human trafficking with these numbers. And in that moment, my bubble that I thought included human trafficking began to grow. And I didn't really realize that I needed to grow in that, in that way. All right, and, and I think it's important for us, even after these last two weeks, we've listened to speakers, for us to realize where is our bubble? Where is the end of our bubble? What are we not allowing in? What are we not allowing God to impact us with when it comes to things happening in our world and in his kingdom? We need to have a greater awareness than what we currently have. All right, and I want us this morning, I'm going to talk about three areas that I want us to have awareness of. All right, and so I, I want to jump into this. The first one is this. We need to have an awareness of God's heart. All right, we need to have an awareness of God's heart. God's heart is for all people to be living in his perfect kingdom. We know that because that's how he made creation. Go back to page one, and we get to see what God's heart is. All right? Now, obviously, we cannot go back to that time. All right? Humanity made our choice. Sin entered the world. Sickness, death. All right? All of this. And we, we made our choice. But our choice does not change God's heart. All right? And the story of the Bible shows us his heart. Genesis chapter 12, this is a promise that God makes to a man named Abraham, which is really the beginning of the Jewish people, all right? It says this, the Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All right, God says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a great nation. And all the people on earth are going to be blessed through you. All right? All the people on earth. This is the language that we're going to see again and again. 
We see this in the story of Moses. God gives Moses direction to go to Pharaoh, to be part of the liberation of the Jewish people, to rescue them from slavery in Egypt. And God says this to Moses, I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. In all the earth. The Exodus story is absolutely about freeing the Hebrew slaves, but it's also about something bigger than that. It's about God's name being proclaimed in all of the earth. All right, the book of Psalms, uh, which is these songs and poems, we see themes of all of the earth and the nations throughout that. Psalms 46, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Among the nations, in the earth, all people. Then Jesus shows up and he begins saying things like this. The gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And then probably the most famous verse in the entire Bible, and I'm even going to let you fill in a part of this here, John 3.16, For God so loved the, the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Then the Great Commission, Jesus' final words, and they are repeated uh, at, in the beginning of the book of Acts as well. Go into all nations, go into all the world, to the ends of the earth, making disciples. Like this is the continued theme that we see. And the picture at the end of the Bible, the direction we are going, Revelation 7, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people around the throne of God, worshiping him. It is this complete Everyone, every people, every tribe, every nation, every tongue. So this means that God's heart is for everyone to be in relationship with him, with as few of the effects of sin as we can make it. Like that, that's, what, that's what he originally intended. That's what our job is right now. That's, that, that's where we are. All right? Us removing sin from our life isn't about us trying to be good enough to measure up to God. Maybe you've felt that before, that you need to live this perfect life so that you can be in the presence of this perfect God. That's not really what removing sin is about. It's about this idea that God created it so that we wouldn't be pulled down by all the junk that sin brings with it. Yes, like sin stops us from, from this perfect relationship with God, but God knows what sin does in our life. And it just, it, it pulls at us, and that's not how we wanted it. And we need to understand that all the junk in the world right now, this, this is a result of sin. So that means that all the major humanitarian needs around the world, the lack of clean water or, or uh, food, human trafficking, wars, violence, conflict, like all of this is a result of sin. And God's heart is for that to not be there. So his heart is that people are in relationship with him, which means that they need to know him. And that all the junk caused by sin is set right the way that he intended it. This is the heartbeat of the entire story of the Bible. Because it's God's heartbeat. Alright, from the moment we screwed all of this up, this became a rescue mission for God. That's what this is. He wants to rescue his creation. That's what his heart is. And if we want to understand the idea of global we first have to have this awareness of what is God's heart in all of this. The second thing that we need to have an awareness of is the awareness of our responsibility. 
So when we become aware of God's heart, it should change things for us. If we want to be more like God, that means we need to have more of his heart. Too many people focus on asking God into their heart and not asking God to give them his heart. We need to have his heart. If we are choosing to live our life for him, we need to understand his heart and then we need to adopt that. We need to be part of that. When we know the heart of our king, then our heart begins to take shape and look more like his. So when his heart is for the world, the nations, then our heart should be as well. Which means we should be going to the nations. The problem is, is the modern day church has presented this idea of building God's kingdom, of going to the nations, bringing his kingdom uh, other places. That This is like an optional thing. That for some reason, like some churches will focus on bringing God's kingdom. And that's just their thing. That, that's, what, that's what they like to do. Like that church likes missions. That church, they really like to worship. This church over here, they like to spend a lot of time in prayer. This one likes big fun events. Okay, pick which one you want to go to. Like, that, that, that's what we kind of think, that this, this idea of God's kingdom and his heartbeat for his kingdom moving forward in the world is an optional thing, and it isn't. And you might think, man, this church talks about missions and God's kingdom a lot. Yeah, because we see it as a command in Scripture, not as an optional thing. Jesus gives us this responsibility. We already talked, we already looked at the Great Commission Paul and the other apostles, they reiterate this responsibility. Our responsibility is to bring his kingdom everywhere. Not, not, this is not the responsibility of a Christian to just go to church once a week, sign our kids up for a Christmas program, maybe drop a $20 bill in the offering, right? Like that's not the description of a follower of Jesus. And yet that is how so many, so many followers of Jesus live their life. Like, that's what it means to be a Christian. And it just isn't. We have a responsibility. We do this through the way we live our lives. We bring the kingdom with us wherever we go. We also do this through the intentional actions that impact communities we may never get to physically be a part of around the world. Communities all over that we can't always go to and bring the kingdom with us. But somebody else maybe is called to do that. And when that happens, we support them, we send them. Because it needs to happen. That, that community around the world needs Jesus the same way ours does. So if we are aware of God's heart, and we are aware of our responsibility then the last awareness that I think we really need to have to pull this together is the awareness of the need. All right, God's heart is for everyone, for all the earth, for all the nations to be in relationship with him. It's your and my responsibility to accomplish that. So have we accomplished it? Well, that's what the last two weeks of these missionaries talking has been. We need to be confronting the, the effects of sin, injustice around the world. I was looking at some of this this week of how sin affects our world uh, just in tangible ways. All right, you look up humanitarian needs, things that are falling apart in our world. 
based off of these rough numbers, all right, and, and understand this is rough and doing math and, and purposely trying to bring all of this down from this many times in a year, this many times in a day, based off of these numbers, during my sermon today, during this time where we are sitting here talking, 18 children will die of thirst. A little over 600 people will die of hunger. About 25 people in the United States will be raped. Someone will kill themselves as a result of being raped. Three more people were brought into the U.S. from another country to be trafficked. That's not even talking about what's going on inside of our country. All of that will happen while I'm preaching this sermon today. Like, we can see the effect that sin has in this world. It's destroying it. It's ripping it apart. It's destroying lives. It's destroying people who are made in the image of God. Part of confronting that is seeing people changed by Jesus. And hopefully when people are changed by Jesus, the amount of, of sin hopefully decreases a little bit. Right? But it is also actively fighting against the effects of sin. Fighting against those injustices. In the book of James, James says this, Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? We have to actually confront the effects of sin that are in our world as well. So we confront sin and we invite people into relationship with God. All right, and what our guest speakers have been saying over the past few weeks, 42% of the world, roughly 3.25 billion people, have no access to the gospel. No access to Jesus. This isn't 42% of our world isn't Christians. It's 42% have zero hope of any chance of even becoming a Christian. Unless somebody who already knows Jesus gets on a plane or a train or a boat, travels to where they are, and physically tells them in their own language. Because there's no church, there's no Bible, nothing that can just be passed on to them. Our guest last week, John, said uh, America spends twice as much money on Halloween costumes for our pets than we spend on reaching that 3.25 billion people who have no access. This is the dumbest statistic I've ever heard. I hate it. These both are the needs that we face as Christians and as the church. People not being in relationship with God and people being destroyed by sin and its effects. And you really can't separate them. There's been a big fight in the church of trying to separate those things or, or accusing people of separating those things and calling things the, the social gospel and this. And, and there just isn't. When you read through the Bible, you don't see a separation of those things. It, it is together. And the need here is massive. And I think it can seem impossible at times. 3.25 billion people it can seem impossible for every tribe, every tongue, every nation to know and worship God. But it's not impossible. It's actually inevitable. Because we saw that that's where this is going. We know that it's going there. 
Now it's just our job to say, how will I help make that happen? So my hope is I want us to leave today with this new kind of refocused awareness. Awareness of God's heart, of our responsibility, and of the need, and how we're falling short. All right? But awareness isn't enough. Awareness on its own doesn't really actually mean anything. Because awareness leads to one of two things. All right? And we actually get to choose where our awareness leads us. Okay? It can lead to apathy or it can lead to action. That's what happens with awareness. All right? Like, honestly, I, I think awareness in anything most often leads to apathy. And apathy is more than just saying, like, that's not my thing. All right? The definition of apathy means lacking feelings or emotions. All right, that's the dictionary definition of it. We live in a world of information, like so much information, too much information. So we are used to opening up our phone, our computer, turning on the TV, being inundated with information, information, information. And what do we do? Most of the time we let that information go in and either kind of out the other ear or it just gets logged somewhere back in our brain and we move on. Because we are so used to new information coming in all the time. And what that does is it really leads to apathy. We hear the information and we don't, we don't connect even emotionally to it. We just let it come in. So when we hear all of this about our world, but we don't make an effort to allow it to affect us and to affect our emotions then we begin to move towards apathy. All right? Our emotions matter. Like, I'm, I'm going to get on a little soapbox here and, and make a point here. Like, our emotions matter. All right? It's not that we let our emotions run wild, uh, and that's all we care about, but God created us as emotional beings. He created emotions. Emotions are good. Maybe you were raised in a home. Maybe you live in one right now where emotions are not good. Emotions are... Uh, stifled. Emotions are seen as a weakness. Emotions are bad. All right, God made emotions, and emotions are meant to help us. They move us. They stir us. The amount of times that scripture tells us that Jesus saw the crowds, and he was stirred, and he had compassion on them. Emotions matter. Jesus allowed his emotions to stir him, especially when that stirring led him closer to his father's heart. They are important. So what happens when we let the awareness really connect to our emotions? Well, it should stir us to make us feel like that isn't okay. That needs to change. In fact, I can't keep living my life the way it is without doing something about that and seeing some change happen. That's what emotions do in us. When we allow awareness to connect to our emotions, then awareness leads to action. It moves us. And hopefully it moves us closer to the Father's heart. Again, when I went to Las Vegas this last week, and it's, I didn't take a week and really talk about that. These things that, that happen in our lives, when we go on these trips, stuff like that, like it just it impacts you. It changes the way you think and talk about things. And it's going to be part of your conversations. And this week, as I was writing this and thinking through this, I kept going back to that moment of, okay, when I went 
and I actually saw what was happening, and it went from just knowledge and statistics, and my emotions got involved because I am looking in the eyes of a person who is being trafficked, and I want everything inside of me to try and just like grab them and run, (laughs) but you just can't do that. Like, it stirred me, and, and I felt that, and it changed. It changed me. Seeing faces, seeing the need close up, allowing it to hit me. That, that, it's powerful. It's what I love about short-term trips. All right, We aren't always going to have the biggest impact when we go on these. And missionaries that are working with us, they know that. The short-term trips really are about allowing things to impact us and change us. Because I guarantee every one of the missionaries that's on the field at some point was stirred and had that connection. And they know that other people need that. Because it changes you. Now, emotions aren't the only thing that stir us. I'm not saying all of us just need to really get in touch with this and we're all going to have a good cry before we leave here today and everything will be different. All right? That, that, that's, not, that's not all it is. All right? I know some people, you're just not an emotional person. But I do know there are some people, they see a need, and somehow they connect to it. If it's not emotionally, they connect to it. They connect their responsibility, they connect their job, their duty, whatever it is with, I need to do something about that. And then they go and they do it. And that's what we have to do. We have to be able to find this way to be stirred to action. What I want is the past few weeks to stir us away from apathy, when we got to hear from our two missionaries, away from apathy and towards action. Action to the global needs that we face, all right? And this action can look like different things, but ultimately, I I want us to live our lives with a heart that is aware, that is available, and is eager to serve God in this mission. That's like, we have to live our life in that. It doesn't mean every little extra cent you have is always given to missions. It doesn't mean you have to take a vow of poverty or anything like that. It means you live your life in light of this awareness. It means asking regularly, God, can I be doing more? What, what else do you want me doing? It means that we plan to be part of these things. All right, the danger of emotions is this, that we know our responsibility But we say, God, until I'm stirred emotionally, I'm not going to get involved. And what we do is we make people get up here with a microphone. We make missionaries come in and share their story. And we say, ah, that wasn't that good of a story. I'm not really emotionally stirred by what you said. And that's not okay either. Right? We understand the, the, the negative that this can go into. This isn't just about getting some tingly feeling and then responding, all right? I tell my kids to do certain things. They have responsibilities, and they need to follow through on that, whether they want to or not, all right? Right now, this is a constant battle with our youngest. I love her to death. But her her big response right now is, but I don't want to. And she says it somehow with more sass than even that, all right? And to her, like, that's a legitimate rebuttal in this argument. To which I always say, "I I don't care if I want you to. I am telling you to. There are times you can slow down and you can get on their level. And there's other times where you're like, just do it. All right, I told you. 
Just do it. And I think that's sometimes where God is with us. Like, just saying, I, I've asked you to do this. I've told you to do this. I've told you to live your life in light of my kingdom. So do it. Ultimately, I would want you to want to do this. I want you to live a life that is engaged, that is connected. But even if it's not, do it. This is what you're called to do. So here's what I want to do in closing today. I want to challenge you. What does it look like to live your life in light of all of this awareness? Right, like for, for you right now where you are. If you are aware of what God's heart is, if you are aware of what your responsibility is, and we are aware of the fact that we are falling short and there is a massive need, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for how you are going to live your life? And this answer is going to be different for everyone, but I do think that it should have some common practices involved in this. All right? I believe all of us, to some extent, can financially support God's mission moving forward. All right? We do that through kingdom builders here at our church. If you want to be part of that, great. All right? But I, I do think everybody can. I'm not going to go around. I'm not checking to see if you're doing that. I'm not going to yell at you to do that. I, I'm just putting that out there. I do think that all of us in some way, we can support the kingdom of God moving forward around the world financially. One of the stats I was looking up this week was just how much money do people have around the world? And it's crazy when you see the percentage of the world that lives off of essentially $10,000 a year or less then the percentage of the world that lives off of like $3,000 a year or less, and then the percentage of the world that lives off of about like $700 a year or less. It's, just, it's crazy. Which is why we feel like we can get up here and say, we don't know where everybody's at, but compared to the rest of the world, I do know where all of us are at. We can do something. I believe that all of us need to live our lives with our town, with our job, with our family as a mission field. All right? We don't have lost people groups around us, but we have lost people everywhere. We have people that are hurting, people that need hope, that need change. All right, so what does it look like for you to live your life on mission right here? What needs to change? What do you need to do more? What do you need to focus on more? Why don't we stand as we just get ready to close this? I think this is so important for us. I want us to reflect on these questions. What does it look like? What does it look like for you to live in light of that? I also want us to take one last opportunity uh, to be part of this project that we presented two weeks ago in China. All right, and may, maybe you weren't here for it. I'll, I'll catch you up on it. Essentially, there's something going on where uh, there are some missionaries over in China and they're part of a, a business, they're part of a coffee shop and they employ uh, Chinese citizens and they're using that to just reach out and further God's kingdom. And one of these employees 
is part of an area of the country that has zero access to the gospel. It's about two hours away up in the mountains. And they have their own language up there. And what they, this village has asked this, this coffee shop, would you come and make a coffee farm in our village? Because they, they have like no sustainable economy. There's a ton of poverty in this village. And they said, would you come and make a coffee farm there that will give us a sustainable economy? And the government has given their stamp of approval on this, like what is happening there, which does not happen. And now they get to go there and be part of this. Now what they want to do is one of their employees speaks this language. She is now a follower of Jesus. And they want to get a house in that area where they are going to go and their team is going to be moving this farm forward. They're going to be taking care of things there. But they also are going to be working with this employee and translating a Bible from Mandarin into this language, which currently has zero scripture in that language. All right, this isn't like some team here in the U.S. doing it. They, they need a house where they are going to sit down, take a Mandarin Bible with this employee that speaks the language, and they're going to begin to translate what they can the best that they can. All right, because that, that's how this moves forward. And so they've asked us to just kind of, actually, we, we've asked them if we can partner with them. All right, and we want to be part of this. It's a massive project. It's going to cost them another 70000 beyond what they've raised. They've raised thirty. It was a $100,000 project for this. And I said at the beginning here, I do not expect us in Long Prairie here, because this is just us, to bring in 70000 in these three weeks. But I would like to send them uh, a check. I would like to send a check of maybe close to $5,000. I think that would be amazing. I think that's something that we, we potentially could do. And so we've talked about this the last few weeks. Uh, right now, we've had about 1,200 come in. And that's great. That's amazing, and it's moving this project forward. All right, but we want to take, this is just the last week. We're going to take one last uh, opportunity. This is not something for you to feel guilty. Like, you have to be part of this. We always want to give opportunities. If we want to say, God, I want to respond with action, and here's a way that I could do it. Maybe this isn't the way that God's telling you to respond with action. All right, but we are going to take one last offering here this morning as well. Some people have been doing this uh, over the last few weeks. They have been looking for ways to put money aside and give towards this, all right? So don't feel like if it goes by and you don't put anything in that, that that's wrong or anything like that. We also have the QR code if you want to give online as well. This bottom right, that's going right there. It should bring up something that says China in the drop-down menu, all right? That's where this project is going. But I want us to just take some time. Here's what's going to happen. Carrie's just going to sing... Uh, one of these choruses again for us. I want us to reflect on what is it that we need to be doing to move from apathy to action. And as we're singing this, the ushers are going to pass the buckets and then I'll close us out. All right? So let's take some time. Let's reflect. Let's ask God and let's actually take a moment and listen. God, what do you want me to do to move from apathy to action? this morning, this week, this month, whatever that would look like. God, I pray that we would just be listening. God, that we would be looking for opportunities, that we would live our life in a way where, where we actually are thinking about this, that there are people that have not heard, 
Lord, even as we drive home today and probably pass another half dozen churches on our way, and we see the access that we have, and yet there are entire countries, nations, people group that don't have that access, Lord, that we would be challenged just to respond in ways throughout our week, throughout our life, uh, to, to move that forward. God, I pray that you would call people in this room right now, God, to give their life, to go overseas, to go to other countries. God, that we would, we would feel this burden, Lord, whether we are going or we're staying here and we're doing the same thing, we're looking for ways to move your kingdom forward. God, I pray that we would just be changed by this. If you're here and, and maybe as we talk about this, you feel like, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God. I don't have this relationship that you're talking about. We want to, we want to help you walk through that. that that's what the, the church is for, is to come alongside people to help them move forward and walk through this. So if you want to talk with myself, you want to talk with Pastor Aaron about that, what does that look like to take your next steps Otherwise, if you have to get out of here, if you don't feel like you can talk with us this morning, the connect cards, there's actually boxes on the back you can check saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to make that decision. If you write your name and you check that, we're going to contact you and we want to just help you figure out what are your next steps in this.